Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. And hello again, everyone. This is Brett Ridgway, and I want to welcome you to another edition of the Spotlight on Speaking show, where each week I will interview a person in the industry, talk about their speaking journey, their tips for success, and also ask them to maybe share some mistakes they've made along the way. Now, my guest today is Marcia Lane McGee, who is the co-author of this wonderful book, Fat Luther Slim Pickens, and she's a national speaker, a grad student, and the co-host of the Plaid Skirts and Basic Black podcast. Marcia is a Chicago native, although I know her from her days in Terre Haute, where she was the youth minister at my parish here in town, and I think she affectionately calls me her Terre Haute dad. I don't know, but I, I, I will claim that title proudly. <laughs> but Marcia refuses to pull any punches, doesn't easily give in to can't, and has a close and complicated relationship with feedback and believes no is the love word. So I'm, I'm going to have to get into that complicated relationship with feedback at some point. <laughs> but to welcome Marcia to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. And yes, you are my Terre Haute dad. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you differently. <laughs> All right. So Marcia and I go back maybe 10 years or whatever. As I said, she was a, a youth minister. And now I noticed in your, in your intro, you said you're the eldest sibling or whatever. I can't actually claim that because I have a twin sister who's three minutes older than me. So <sighs> I, I, I got I got beat out for the eldest seven, <laughs> but that's OK. It is what it is. So. So let's talk a little bit first, Marcy, about your journey as a speaker. I mean, you mentioned that in your intro that you're a grad student now, which kind of proves that, you know, it's never too late to change gears and, and pursue a different path and all that, which you're doing right now and which I'm doing myself right now to some extent. So. How'd you get involved in the speaking industry and what, what's your niche? What do you speak about typically? Well, I got involved in speaking originally um, before you met me. I did a lot of training for non-for-profits for, for um, people who worked with students or people who had a direct relationship um, with programs, helping them understand how to manage their programs and, you know, manage up sometimes because for non-for-profit work, this, all the supervisors are pretty much rattled. And um, it was a lot of training, helping you get what you need, helping your clients get what they need. And that's kind of how I started in my speaking. And then when I moved into youth ministry, there was a lot of presenting. Um, as you know, on Sunday nights, I would have to present our lesson and things like that. And then I got involved on an archdiocesan level where I did a little bit more presenting and the speaking kind of came naturally. 
And now I have been a keynote speaker. I've um, been speaking at national conferences and it's just kind of taken off. And, and what is the niche or topic that you typically speak about on these national conferences as a keynoter? Well, lately, when I'm speaking, when I'm speaking at national conferences, there are a lot to do with youth ministry. So I kind of talk about relational issues, how to relate to youth. Um, when I'm talking with youth, I talk about how they can manage their environments. That is a huge one right now. I do a lot of diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion talking. That is my niche right now because a lot of people want to learn more about that. Um, and then there have been times where I talk to people who work with youth directly, and that is how to set boundaries for themselves and to have self-care and to give them self-rest. So it depends on what group I'm talking about and what my little corner of the speaking world. <laughs> so you've been doing this speaking longer than I was even aware of, Marcia. So based on your experience, and you, you, you play in different worlds, and you know, most of the folks I talk with play in because they're typically platform sellers and, you know, are, are doing it at events. But from your experience, what do you think the three biggest keys to success for building a, a, a speaking career are? And you again, you come at it at a different perspective than the folks I typically talk with. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing your perception of the issue. Well, one of the biggest things that I feel has lend it like lend itself to my success in speaking was being honest about what I can do and what I can speak about. Just because someone thinks that you'll be a good person to speak about this does not mean that you're the expert. So understanding your limitations, um, that's huge, right? Because you can be out of your depth if you're like, oh yeah, I'll totally speak about that because I read this one book that one time and then you can't do follow-up right? Or the research isn't your own or the experience isn't your own. Um, so be honest with yourself about what you can and can't do. And it's okay to say not at this time. Another thing that has lent myself to my success is being confident in what I can do. Um, not selling myself short, not telling myself, oh, you know, I don't think I can do that. When you know that you can. Um, speakers are sellers, right? And if you, <laughs> if you know, if you sell yourself short, you're not going to have success. So you're not going to have gigs. Like you are persuading people. You're not um, like you're persuading people to see your way of things, or you're explaining, you know, your situation or expressing um, your life story in any way. But if you sell yourself short, you won't sell anything. <laughs> and you are your biggest commodity when you're speaking, your experience, your presence, your presence, all of it. And then another way um, to be successful is to rest. Um, don't take on too much. You know, like it might seem like, oh, this, I don't have this, I won't have this opportunity again. If you have the opportunity once, you'll have it again. If people are seeing who you are and what you have to offer, it'll be offered to you again. Just know when it's time to rest. Like I said, no is a love word. Whether you're saying no to someone because you're loving yourself or you're saying no to yourself um, because you know what's best for you. So how do you decide, Marcia, if a stage is the right stage for Marcia to be on? Well, I look at the target audience, right? I see if I have anything to offer them. There are audiences that I don't think that I'll be able to effectively engage in, right? I Like I, I said earlier that speakers are sellers. Um, and if I want 
to engage with you. I want you to be able to come around, not necessarily persuade you to come around to my point of view, but I want to know that you'll be, um, you'll be able to receive it. Right. And I feel like there are some stages where I don't think that I will be well received and it's not worth, worth it for me to fight that uphill battle. Right. Like if it's something, it's like, you know what, I don't think that my point of view is going to be well received. I don't want to be attacked or heckled or, you know, like that complicated relationship with feedback. I don't think that'll be good for my mental well-being to be on a stage where people are against me, that I'm not going to be on that stage. Um, I have been asked to, you know, speak to a group um, before that was like, well, they, they approached me as, well, we just want you to share your point of view um, about why, like some, some of my political beliefs about why I think this is different and we would like you to come and talk to us. And I didn't feel very comfortable. I didn't feel that it would be a safe space for me to share, you know, my thoughts, my views, my experiences when I was told off the bat, well, a lot of people, these people don't agree. Maybe you should, you know, come and tell them why they should agree with you. And I was like, no, thank you. That's not up to me. Right. And so that's, sometimes you have to make those decisions. So what's involved in doing your homework? How do you determine if the demographics or the viewpoint of an audience is proper for you? Because obviously that can be sometimes difficult to really find out who's in that crowd. Right. So if it's an organization that's sponsoring it and they're saying, oh, you know, we're from uh, like, you know, like from any, whatever, like the women of Montana. And I'd be like, oh, great. Women of Montana. Let me look you up right? Let me go to your website. Let me see what else you've been doing. Let me see who's running your organization. Um, I have a group of friends who are also speakers and we have a little group chat and I'll just message them and say, Hey, has anyone ever spoken to the women of Montana? Do you guys know what they're about? And then some people will be like, Oh yeah, I spoke for them last year. They're really great. And they serve a great lunch. Or some people will say, you know what? I, I would do a little bit more digging or look into what else they're about because my last experience with them wasn't so great. And so I have that network of people that can't help me. So since you're primarily a keynote speaker, how do you measure the success of a talk in your world, Marcia? Well, um, for me is I have, to, I can't measure that by how well I was received because I really don't feel that a success in a talk is like whether or not everyone loved me. Um, I was like, did a few people get something out of it? I have to know, was I honest? Um, did I convey my message? Did I, did I feel good about that? And that's how I feel like if a talk went well, because they can't say, oh yeah, the crowd was super engaged. I, I really don't know that, right? If you're giving a keynote, you're on stage, there's lights, there's all these things happening. And you're like, I did my thing. I don't know how well it was received because success can be so many different ways. Some people will find themselves, oh, I was super successful. I didn't flub any lines. I was super successful. I got a standing ovation. Those are two different gauges of success for a talk. So I have to know, was I prepared? What did I get my point across? Was I calm? Was I truthful? And then everything else will come. And I... And also the things that come after, right? You won't know if your talk is successful until sometimes two weeks after when you get an email in your inbox and someone's telling you, hey, I really loved everything you had to say. 
And this is what I've implemented in my life. And you're like, wow, that was really great to know. Thank you so much. You know, so yeah. you don't know. So who do you consider your ideal target audience to be then? Who do you who do you most like to speak to? What type of organizations or age groups or whatever it may be? Well, my ideal target audience right now, I, I think are, well, women. <laughs> um, right now, right now I'm doing a lot of speaking with women and women groups about finding joy in their lives and women about my age, between like 30 to 50 years old, um, because I can engage with them more and I can, I, there's a lot less explaining I have to do for life experiences and things like that. And I have really been enjoying speaking to that group right now, women 30 to 50, um, that are trying to get reinvigorated and get excited about their lives or re-excited about their lives. All right, very cool. All right, so I have a few more questions I want to ask Marcia, but before yeah. we get to those, let's take a quick break. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world, and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back on the Spotlight on Speaking show with my guest, Marcia Lane McGee. So what I want to ask you now, Marcia, basically are some of the bumps in the road, so to speak, what are some mistakes maybe that you made along the way as a speaker that you would advise other speakers to avoid at all costs? <laughs> um, well, I, one of the mistakes that I made is not, not knowing your worth. That's been really huge. Um, I'm renegotiating, I'm reconfiguring my contract and my asking rates right now. Um, well, now that I have the book out, now that I've got a little bit more things, um, not being like, I was afraid to ask for how much I wanted or knew that I was worth or, you know, that was proportional to my experience and my message. And that's been, that is, that's, that's a huge mistake, right? If people feel that you're asking so much, then they won't hire you and then you'll move on. But if you set yourself low and you say, if you know that it's going to take, like I'm giving a talk right now that I have to also give in Spanish. And I knew I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to overcharge them because maybe they won't give me the gig. But I'm like, no, it's going to, it's basically writing a whole nother talk if I have to write it in Spanish, right? So I'm going to charge them for two talks. And if they don't want to pay me for the two talks, then I don't have to do all that work. And because people, you get gigs by word of mouth, right? And if someone, if someone you were able to get that gig, say, oh yeah, it'll be, you know, $500 when you know you should have charged a thousand because you feel bad charging that much. I don't know. I'm just giving these prices. And then they say, oh yeah, this speaker was really great. She was only $500. And then through that word of mouth, you're getting, you're getting yeah. rough referrals for that lower price. And that's huge because here's the thing, your word and your message mean something, right? They are worth something. And when you are giving a talk, when you are speaking, you are, you paid for your expertise. Am I right? Your education, your experience, in some way you paid for that through tuition, through blood, sweat, and tears, through emotional labor. 
you are owed that you are owed compensation for that. And I think that's a huge mistake that people make because they're afraid um, of not being able to book the gig. Tell them your price. They'll pay it or not. And if they don't pay it, you don't do the work and you'll find someone else who will. Well, that's such great advice, Marcy. And, you know, it, it dovetails perfectly into one of the points I wanted to make this week. And that's a, a tip from my upcoming book, How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. And that is the whole issue of undervaluing yourself. And, and you hit it on the nail perfectly. I mean, most speakers tend to underestimate the value they bring to the table, whether it's in the price that they put on their products or whether it's what they charge for their keynote fee or whatever. And as you said, you poured your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and people are happy to pay what you want to charge if they want that value because you're a shortcut to success for them. And so if you can provide that to them, don't don't nickel and dime yourself to death because you're going to be afraid that you won't get the gig. As Marcia said, if you don't get the gig, next, you know, and move on to the next thing or whatever. So, yeah, undervaluing is a terrific problem with many speakers these days. Do not undervalue what you had to sell. So what are what are some crazy things that maybe you've seen other speakers do, Marcia, that just you had had you shaking your head saying, you know, why are they doing this? What's what's going on here? Um so <laughs> once once I don't know if it's a crazy speaker that I have seen a few times at different conferences that um in the circles I run in with youth ministry and things like that. And every time I see him it is the same talk. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm like, how, how, how is this dude still getting hired? And it's okay. Right. Like as speakers, we've got like, you know, four or five talks in our arsenal. But, um, I think the crazy thing is, is not recognizing, not recognizing that you've had an audience, this audience before. I think that's pretty wild. (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah, some, some people definitely refuse to customize a presentation in any way for the audience. It's, you know, this is my speech and that's what I'm going to deliver every time. And I think it's a mistake. Obviously, you think it's a mistake, but there are some that definitely follow that path. So so we're winding down to our time together with Marcia this morning. And I want to ask Marcia, if somebody wants to find out more about you, what you're doing, get into your world, book you as a speaker, whatever, how do they get a hold of Marcia? Yes. Well, if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at stylishlysia. Um, it's an old Instagram account that won't change now that I've got a lot of followers. Um, and you can email me at um, stylishlysia at gmail.com. And you can book you can book me there. You can talk about what, um, tell me about your event, what you're looking for. And if I'm the right fit, we can talk. All right. So for the benefit of listeners, where I might not be able to put this down in the comments or whatever, how do you spell that? Instagram handle or whatever. Yes. Um, stylishly, like the adverb, S-T-Y-L-I-S-H-L-Y. Wait. <laughs> I was like, did I do that? I always have a hard time spelling it. S-T-Y-L-I-S-H-L-Y-C-I-A. So stylishly Sia, like, cause I'm Marcia. Sia is my okay, nickname. Got it. All right. Got it. Yeah. So stylishly, like the adverb. I say that I was an English major. So, you know heart to speech all that <laughs> all right any any final words of wisdom for folks before we end up this morning marcia oh i, I just want to say remember your worth um feedback is your friend um and sometimes <laughs> it is your foe um and yeah re- remember your work and worth and feedback is your friend that's mm-hmm. all thank you so much for having me oh it's a pleasure to have you and get the ca- caught up with you a little bit marcia so <laughs> 
This has been another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. And join us again next week where we'll interview another speaker about their speaker journey, mistakes they've made along the way, and their tips for success. If you haven't been already, hop on to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com and register there so that you can be notified of upcoming episodes. And also, if you haven't requested your free report, three key things entrepreneurs must master to build a profitable speaking business. You can pick that up at BrettRidgeway.com. But that will do it for this week's episode. Again, thank you so much, Marcia. Everybody, make it a great week. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. Take care. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.